What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, and I'm back at it with another request episode. This is request part 31. And remember, if you want to request more players, make sure you drop their name, position, uh, what school they play for, and hopefully their film. We're always looking for about at least two to three minutes of a breakdownable film so that we could properly do a breakdown and so um just pulling that out there and then from here on out we will be doing uh, a lot of seniors we'll be we'll be putting out a lot of senior content uh just because we do know a lot of our seniors out there will be graduating here pretty soon here at the end of may so from here on out to the end of may we're gonna have senior request episodes senior interviews we're really gonna prioritize those just so y'all know maybe mixing an underclassman or two or a middle schooler uh it really just depends but here on out uh just can Consider it senior time. We're going to be focusing on this class of 21. And so speaking of the class of 21, we're going to get this party started. Uh, this whole episode will take place in the great state of Texas. It's an all uh, trenches episode, I'd like to say here. And so we're going to go ahead and get it started with uh, Jackson Ray. He is a 6'5", 230-pound defensive tackle slash tight end from Texas City High School in Texas City, Texas. Like I said, he is a class of 21 guy. As of right now, uh, April 17th, 2021, he does have a couple D2 offers, including to Western Colorado, which is really interesting. And so let's go ahead and talk about him. So Jackson Ray, in my opinion, is a very raw type of prospect, but he has a lot of potential. And, you know, I'm going to talk about him mostly as a tight end because, in my opinion, I believe he really is a tight end prospect. Um, Somebody who could have the most potential as a tight end. Doesn't mean he can't play defensive line. He can. He could definitely play defense. Has a lot of potential there. You know, that 6'5", 230 frame, it looks very natural. I could believe it and whatnot. But I do believe he could be a much better tight end than defensive lineman potentially and here's why um the biggest thing for me is that he's shown that he has reliable hands and consistently actually makes contested catches uh he's potentially a red zone threat sadly really didn't see him use in the red zone as a pass catcher as much i'd like to see him but you know at 6'5 230 it's not exactly difficult to teach somebody with that size how to be a red zone threat especially if they have fantastic hands could catch from multiple angles can make contested catches could be a tough player out there for you on offense that's always a good thing there's a lot of potential there um especially if he does go d2 which i do think he's probably a d2 player i think honestly i could see him going crazy in the end zone racking up those touchdowns by just being a big body and you know at 6'5 230 honestly he looks like he could probably even fill in just a little bit more as well if he was to hit a college program but we'll talk about that later um another thing though this is probably his biggest strength as a tight end i would say is that he's just a good blocker You know, he's shown time and time again that he could seal that edge and hang with defensive ends and linebackers and take them straight up. You know, uh, this is something that I really love to see in his uh, film. You know, we saw this time and time again, but, you know, he was just a fantastic blocker. Fundamentally, I really liked what I saw. And then, you know, just in general, he really was used mostly as a blocking tight end, fullback, H-back type. And those kind of players are honestly invaluable 
it's kind of difficult at times to find a guy who has the size, you know, who could catch, who is a great blocker, right? Because in today's game in football nowadays, you really got to be more of a pass catching type of threat to, I guess, go to the NFL, or at least that's what's perceived. You got to be a pass catcher, right? But that doesn't mean there is not still room for tight ends who could do it all as a block, catch, whatever, run the ball even, you know, but Jackson Ray, he has shown that, you know, he's definitely a stronger blocker than receiver, I would say, and, you know, I could work with that if I'm a coach, like, I see that, and I'm like, okay, you know, he's not an offensive lineman, obviously, but he's faster than an offensive lineman, has great blocking skills in general, and he has a great potential to catch, so why not take a chance on him, and so, that goes really well for him. You know, honestly, when we I evaluate tight ends specifically, you know, I really look for whether they could block or not. Uh, because, you know, receiving tight ends are great and all that. But if you're a receiving tight end, you might as well just be a slower receiver. That's just my personal opinion. But if you're a blocking tight end, uh, I think you're a little bit more valuable. I'd be more willing to give you a scholarship because I know you could do more for me on offense. And especially, probably special teams too to be honest with you, probably special teams too, and I do think he can be a great special teamer as well. Altogether, as a tight end, I think he's a very raw prospect. You know, he did play in Texas, so he went up against some pretty good talent here, but in my honest opinion, I believe if Jackson Ray was here in Colorado, he'd probably have some higher D1, maybe FCS offers, especially when you compare him to some of the other tight ends of the state. I think he's probably not as talented catching wise than any of our top five tight ends but he's as good a blocker if not better than uh, at least four of five of our tight ends definitely the top one in my opinion but that's just me uh real quick i'm gonna talk about him as a defensive prospect talk about some strengths here that i really liked uh he has shown he has some great pass rushing moves looks real natural shown that he has a good little arsenal there and you know i don't exactly think he could be a defensive tackle unless he puts on at least 30 or 40 more pounds right now. Uh, he looks more of an edge rusher, but I do think he could become a big-time edge rusher on the D2 level. Um, on the D2 level. I, I, I will say that because he, does sh he has shown that you know he has some good block-shedding moves there. Alright, now let me talk about some things that might be holding back his recruitment, slash some things I'd really like to see him uh, develop this offseason and moving forward. So, I'm gonna have to say it, athletically, he's he's alright, you know, he's, he's definitely a college player, you know, not D1 though, um, but he's alright, and this is what I mean by that. I'm just going to go ahead and say it top end speed wise. It's not exactly the best. You know, he looks a little bit slower, but you know, if he's going to play defensive line or a tight end, top end speed isn't exactly like, you know, the end all be all really. You don't have to have great top end speed to be a great position player at those two positions, but it does matter. You know, he does look a little bit on the slower side, which, you know, I guess it's a good thing that he does have great hands. And so he, you know, he doesn't exactly have to have fantastic separation to make those great catches, at least as a tight end. Strength-wise, he's not bad. Obviously, he can hang with Texas competition, so he's going up against some big boys, for real, at linebacker, uh, and, you know, and at defensive and defensive line as well. And he has shown that, you know, uh, he can 
hang with those guys. He, like I said, he has great fundamental blocking skills too. So you know, having that leverage, gaining that leverage consistently, I feel like really helps him out. Um, but strength-wise, you know, he's. I, I wouldn't exactly say he's somebody that's just gonna bulldoze everybody in their way you know at least on this next level here uh on the high school level i could we saw it kind of at times but in my opinion i i'm just not like he's, he's just not like overly strong right like he's not like a jalen jordan who i talked about last week who was freakishly strong and you know that's fine because he does have a little bit of speed a little bit of strength um he is a solid athlete i would say but not like the greatest natural athlete in the world. That being said, I do think entering a collegiate off-season program could uh, really help him develop athletically, you know, um, and develop athletically to the point where he can make significant impacts on that next level. So I'd like to see him become more explosive, have a little bit better acceleration. And then another thing I'd like to see, I just like to see him get bigger, get stronger and be able to bully just bigger players more often and i don't think that's exactly the biggest ask to be honest he's maybe a year away maybe two but probably just a year away so nothing a redshirt year couldn't take care of right away just being honest but that's uh probably concern number one uh concern number two he is a little bit more of a project player in my opinion he's very versatile don't get it twisted he's very versatile but he was used a lot in a lot of different ways, and in my opinion, I feel like that kind of impacted how refined of a prospect he possibly could have been coming out of high school because he was focusing on a lot of different things. And so there are some things that I need to see him clean up to be a more refined prospect. And you know, I'm going to start with tight end. I think there are some things to tight end that he could definitely clean up. Uh, as a blocker, he's fantastic. I think, you know, he could probably work on getting a little bit I better leverage at times making sure those hands are inside but that's really not the biggest thing that's just a consistency thing uh if anything but the thing i really want to see is that route running improve uh he didn't run a lot of routes i'll give him that really didn't run a lot of routes didn't go for a lot of passes at least uh from what i saw in this film but the routes that he did run were pretty rough uh he looked a little awkward out there you know he looked a little I don't know. It, it was obvious that he's a blocking tight end and that he's used as that more than a receiving tight end. And, you know, I did say how blocking tight ends are valuable, but in today's game, you got to be able to catch. You got to be versatile. So I'd like to see him work on that route running a little bit more. Uh, work on that footwork specifically, I would say. His footwork was pretty tangled up at times when he did run routes. I'd like to see that get a little bit more crisp. Um, yeah. So that's actually probably the biggest thing. I like to see him uh, refine as a tight end. If he's going to be a defensive player, uh, whether it's defensive lineman or whatever, I like to see him continue to just get more athletic, get stronger, develop those pass rushing moves and block shedding moves a little bit more. In my opinion, he did have some good, you know, pass rushing moves in his arsenal. There is some talent there for sure, but I'd like to see that happen a little bit faster. You know, I like to see him react and uh, be a little bit more aggressive and just altogether, just be faster, you know, getting to the quarterback, getting to the ball carrier because, uh, you know, he has the moves, but they were a little bit slow at times and, you know, on the next level, it's going to be different. So refine those and just get faster, really, as a defensive player. All of that being said, you know, Jackson Ray is a very interesting prospect. He's somebody who, 
and this has shown with all the offers that he's gotten so far but he's somebody you know who could you could tell was a big fish in a smaller pond in texas even though it is texas uh, but he really did everything he could to stay on the field, be as versatile as possible. You know, he seems like somebody who's a very, like, yes coach type of guy, which is everything that a college coach is looking for, honestly. And, you know, he has shown that he has put in the work. He's pretty solid at both of the positions he plays. And, you know, I feel like that's a pretty rare thing to be like, yeah, you know, you could probably play both sides of the ball um, or either side of the ball on the next level. And for Jackson, I really do think he's one of those guys. He's somebody who is just versatile. You know, he's talented enough to play on both sides of the ball. Probably on the D2 level, I wouldn't be surprised if he got some, you know, FCS D1 offers here and there. But if I were him, you know, I'd, I'd pick the college that, um, you know, would further his academic and, you know, playing career uh, in his opinion and then go with that. For guys like Jackson who are as versatile as they are, they're probably going to continue to be versatile on the next level so you know just keep that in mind versatile guys usually have more paths to the nfl than guys who are like one trick pony types and you know that's that's what we always preach here at the playmakers corner versatile is never a bad thing versatility is never a bad thing uh, you know do what you gotta do stay on the field and you know i think jackson ray is that type of guy exactly he's a guy that is a low-key missing piece for a lot of teams out there just go and put that out there. But best of luck to Jackson uh, moving forward, and uh, we'll be looking forward to follow his career. Coming up next, though, we're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball and talk about some more defensive linemen in Texas. All right. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. Coming up next, we have Dimitri Harris, the 6'3", 220-pound defensive end outside linebacker for Cypher High School. He is a senior, so class of 21. And as of right now, uh, he doesn't have many offers, but I believe he has one offer to Howard Payne uh, University. It is a D3. So, you know, let me, before I jump into Dimitri Harris's breakdown let me kind of set the stage kind of talk about the story here uh for dimitri here so he is a one-year football player as in you know i believe at least i want to say i want to believe he played only one year football his senior year that's the last year which uh was during a covid year so you know take it as it is that's kind of a tough year to to join football i'm not even gonna lie but you know he joined and he did his thing and he started, I want to say, or at least played a good amount of quality snaps for Cypher High School, which is no slouch of a high school by any means, you know, or at least no slouch of a program by any means. You know, they got some quality football players over there. And so for Dimitri Harris to walk in and, you know, be a one-year guy and really be productive out there uh, says a lot. Um, but, you know, with that comes some concerns for sure. So... 
like I said, I'm still going to talk about, I guess, his background a little bit more here before I jump into the breakdown. But he does have limited film, limited but quality film. I think that's important to keep in mind um, here as well. And, you know, you could tell that there were just times where he was still kind of learning his way around just getting a feel for the game and whatnot. And you know what? It, it just showed. It showed. But there is potential here. So let's go ahead and talk about the things that I really like, the things that popped out to me uh, watching his year one film. So right off the bat, this dude has super long arms. He's listed at 6'3". So ain't no surprises here. But there are plenty of dudes who are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", what have you, and they don't use their long arms to their advantage. At least not like Dimitri here, because Dimitri does. Uh, and he uses them well, in my honest opinion uh for a one-year guy that's pretty impressive because there are plenty of three-year and four-year guys who don't do that at all uh they just throw their body into it and you know hope to overpower somebody or hope something good happens but you know dimitri harris he's very very intentional when he uses his arms uses his hands um and you know he displays some good hand fighting i'm not even gonna lie he displays some really good hand fighting and that's something that you love to see out of a guy who is a one-year football player because if that is coming naturally to you that's a very good sign because to be honest with you that's kind of hard to coach some guys up uh to be able to do that but you know dimitri he just does a very good job preventing tackles tight ends from getting their hands on him and he does show that he has a kind of a solid arsenal of pass rushing moves as well you know you love to see it you really do another thing that you absolutely love to see out of your defensive players is uh good strength you know he does display some pretty good power and strength at times i would say uh one-on-one -on -one, he has shown that he can't just straight bull rush uh offensive tackles and collapse a pocket and that's something that you really like to see out of a first year guy having that power especially in texas you know at 6'3 220 he might have even played a little bit uh less than that he showed some exceptional strength there and you know you got some big boys in texas who are pushing at least 250 260 270 over at tackle and so for him to do that um it says a lot you know his actions definitely spoke louder than you know his words or his listings at bench or whatever so that's always a good thing and then last but not least you know uh something i really liked is that he does a solid job maintaining contain can shut down outside runs and screen passes pretty easily so all good things i really like but let's let's talk more about his game and his development here a little bit of his recruitment as well so here's some things that i like to see him work on moving forward so number one i'd like to see him gain leverage a little bit more often really get underneath those pads you know for the most part i think he did that at times but there are other times you could definitely tell he was just trying to use brute strength and that's cool too but you know you really gotta get that leverage if you're a smaller dude um to to pass rush block you know really control the player in front of you Another thing I'd like to see him continue to work on uh, is his pass coverage, you know, because he was listed as a defensive end, more of a stand-up outside linebacker, I would say, and, you know, I really would have loved to see him work in zone or just go man-to-man -man with somebody, see how he holds up. The lack of pass coverage film along with, you know, the one-year football experience doesn't exactly spell 
a great outcome, but you could work around that. And so for him, I think just working on that pass coverage will be key if he wants to be a player on that next level. Whether it's zone or man, either one, you got to be solid at both of them, in my opinion, at least. Um, like I said, the more versatile, the better. It's never a bad thing. Last but not least, this is the thing that I'd really like to see him work on the most. Uh, and I mentioned this earlier on, but, you know, I believe his athleticism is good. But it does not exactly pop off the screen at times. And I feel like that is happening because there are just times where I could tell he he's hesitating. He's second-guessing himself. And, you know, that really just results in him not flying to the ball as quick as other experienced players maybe if they are sure of the play and so to get rid of that hesitation i want to see him do more film work uh you know be comfortable with these offensive sets and patterns in front of you as a defensive player and really study that i don't want to see any hesitation and neither do you know coaches or college coaches they want to see you fly to the ball be sure of your decision uh and all that great stuff and you know I do believe if he can do that, he could be much more explosive and make a bunch more plays. But, you know, I'm going to give him a break. He had one year of, uh, you know, football experience, Texas football experience at that. And it wasn't even the worst. And so I think he's going to use that moving forward. And really, that's all he can do. Just learn from that moving forward. Uh, another thing as well, I like to see what a football offseason could do getting his body right and trained for football, you know, Watching him out there, he obviously has solid size and weight. That's not the thing I'm concerned about. But as a football player, he didn't quite look as comfortable uh, in his build, in his body, as he can be. As I've, as I've seen other football players be as comfortable uh, in their build as they can be. And that helps them moving forward. Because, you know, your football playing weight and height and all that great stuff is definitely different from, like... You know, your average, like, normal Joe, I'm just a student type of build, right? Just a normal person type of build. You know, to play football, you got to have a specific build. And, you know, it's unique to every player. And I think Dimitri Harris is still kind of trying to find that build here. And so that's going to take time. And, you know, I'm intrigued by Dimitri Harris. I'm just going to say that right now as I talk about his outlook going forward. I am intrigued in him as a prospect. I... First off, I love the prototypical size. That's never a bad thing. I love how he used his hands really well for a first-year starter. And, you know, there are some other things. He's just a solid athlete as well. But here's the thing. In general, if COVID was not a thing, this would be kind of a hard sell anyways. But COVID is a thing. Scholarships are limited. Roster spots are limited. And, you know, that's kind of why I said at the beginning, this is a tough year to be a first-year football player as a senior. You know, it's good that he got the D3 offer. I'm happy for him. That's great. Uh, you know, I think it could potentially be a good fit. But I think there are better fits out there that could help him more moving forward. And so... For Dimitri Harris, as good of a player as he is, as natural of a player as he came off of his uh, one-year film that I looked over, I do think going to a Juca would probably benefit him the most. 
for a lot of reasons. Going to Juca would first off give him some time uh, to adjust to college. You know, community college is a way different monster than universities on any level, that is. And, you know, it would also give him at least a year or two more to continue to put together that film, continue to grow into your football build and all that, be more experienced as a football player, and really just take your time. You know, take your time growing, both on the field, off the field, physically, mentally, do what you gotta do. Um, but I really feel like Dimitri Harris here could potentially be a D1 guy or D2 guy. There are some qualities here that I really like. Either way, I whether he's D1 or D2, I think he could potentially earn a full-ride scholarship, get some better facilities, have some better options uh, academically and, you know, collegially, uh, football-wise as well. Uh, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some refinement. I think he's a very raw prospect here, but time and refinement is probably his best friend at this point. At least that's what I'd like to see. If he feels good about his offers and whatnot and does want to accept one of those, by no means does that mean don't accept those and rule those out automatically. Just in my personal opinion, I think he can get a little bit more out of his college experience. If he goes Juco first, goes to a junior college, builds, gets ready, refines, gets better, and then earn a better opportunity down the line. I think that would be perfect for him. He could be an impact player on the Juco level, no doubt, but... That's just me. Best of luck to, to Dimitri Harris, though. You know, we'll be watching for sure. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, but we're going to continue this role with Texas defensive linemen coming up next. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. Right here, we got another one-year starter one-year player and Antoine Bayless he played for Lake Ridge High School over in Mansfield Texas he's a defensive end tight end listed at 6'4 250 pounds and he is a senior uh, like I said another one-year starter so there will be some of the same concerns I have for Antoine here uh, as I did for Dimitri Harris for Cypher but you know let's hop into the positives uh, first off number one Biggest strength of his, just all together. He's just a strong player. He plays much stronger than his listed weight at 250. And I can believe he is at 250, for sure. At this size and weight, he has shown that he has the ability to consistently overpower offensive linemen and double teams time and time again. You know, that's a rare type of strength. That's a strength that you don't see every day. You know, there are some guys who are 6'4", 250, who ain't built like that. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. They ain't built like that. They ain't strong like that. But Antoine Bayless is. Another thing that I really like about Antoine Bayless is that he is very aware of his size and his strength. And he does a good job filling those running lanes and holding down the contain. He's shown that he could do it. Uh, speaking of awareness, you know, this is another big strength of his. He has excellent spatial awareness, and this isn't something that I typically talk about just because, you know, you really don't see this a lot, you know, in, in special players, you see this for sure. You know, this is something that you see in a lot of special players. I don't quite bring it up as much as I should, but I'm going to right here. And this is why his spatial awareness is elite. And he displays this when he performs his signature pass rushing move, which is a spin move. 
Yes, you heard that here correctly. It's a spin move. Uh, you know, just watching his film, I have not seen any other player, at least, you know, while I've done this podcast and done breakdowns, who have utilized this spin move as effectively as Antoine Bayless have here. And, you know, don't get it twisted. Spin moves are hard. You know, as a pass rusher, when you use a spin move, you really got to be careful because there's a very high possibility that you could lose more ground than uh, gain. As in, you know, you're, if you don't perform it right, you know, the guy that you're trying to get to, the ball carrier you're trying to get to, could easily gain a good two or three yards, if not more, you know, if, assuming you don't perform that spin move right. And so to really, you know, master the spin move, you have to have great spatial awareness. You have to know specifically, you really got to know what positions you got to be in to actually use it. Because first off, you got to put your body in a position to, you know, make the move happen and all that. And so uh, his spatial awareness is elite and it shows with the spin move because, you know, he uses it a lot. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's all over his highlight reel and that's insane to me. And it's a work of art because you could see him. You could literally see him getting himself into position taking on double teams or whatever type of blocking is going on here and then just spinning out of it right into the ball carrier time and time again you just see it you know it's it's a work of beauty i tell you and i love to see that happen along with the spin move he does flash some other great pass rushing moves that he performs with these like there's barely any trouble uh that he has when he's performing some of these pass rushing moves which is insane in my opinion a uh, couple other things to list here before I talk about some things I'd like to see moving forward. Yeah, solid speed, good agility, um, very high motor, will chase down pass plays, which you don't see every day out of defensive linemen, but he'll do it. And that's something that you love to see if you're a college scout. Just going to say. But let's go ahead and talk about some things that I'd like to improve here. Uh, like Dimitri Harris for... Cypher High School, he was a one-year starter, and so I'd like to see him do a little bit more film work, you know, just getting used to those offensive sets, patterns, all that great stuff, because he does have D1 potential. In my opinion, it's a shame that he did not play one more year, or did not have one more year left, because at this point, um, you know, if he was a junior moving forward, he would really just be looking to prove that he's consistent. And that he's not like a one-year fluke or anything like that. Because I do think he's a D1 guy. Um, but it is COVID. And a lot of teams are hesitant about you know taking that chance with one-year guys. Like Antoine Bayless, like Dimitri Harris here. And you know that's never a bad thing to take a chance on a one-year guy. But you got to prove yourself a little bit more uh, often when it matters. All that stuff to compensate for that lack of experience. Because if you don't compensate for that lack of experience, you best bet on the next level or the next season, you know, other other teams are going to take advantage of your inexperience. And so you do have some room to make up there, at least mentally, I would say football wise. Another thing, and this is probably really the only other thing, not going to lie, it looks a little top heavy at times. Uh, it, it affects his overall athleticism. If I'm being completely honest, just watching him play, you know, he's excellent. He does some great things out there, but I'm not completely sure if he was comfortable playing up to 250 or whatever weight he was at last year. Uh, I think he could potentially be a more dynamic edge rusher if he sheds some weight or gets leaner and, you know, really 
gets to a place where he could be uh, equally explosive, strong, fast, all that great stuff. Because in my opinion right now, you know, he's strong and that's great. But I think uh, him putting on that weight, playing at that weight is definitely sacrificing some speed and agility that he has in there. So he just has to find his football build. Same thing I said with Dimitri. Uh, he just has to find his football build, football body there and be comfortable at the weight that's the important part be comfortable playing at that optimal weight don't get it twisted though i think he's in a really good spot i'm not even gonna lie with you he's a very good player a lot of colleges would be getting a steal if they offered antoine bayless a preferred walk-on or a half scholarship or whatever even um just from looking at his twitter he does seem to have a couple offers i want to say from a couple d2s which isn't bad in my opinion i think antoine bayless is a d1 guy for sure i don't know about you know power five and all of that fcs for sure i would say but, you know, we're just going to have to see moving forward. I don't believe he has committed yet at the time of this recording. Either way, though, super excited for Antoine Bayless here. He's a heck of a player. I'm not even going to lie to you. You know, he's somebody who could for sure be a steal. And, you know, maybe even an NFL guy down the road. He has some very strong qualities here that I like and that I think are transferable onto that next level and then even beyond that. But we're going to have to see. Either way, best of luck to Antoine Bayless here. Uh, you know, we'll be rooting for him moving forward and we'll be uh, interested in seeing where he eventually signs and commits to. So yeah. Coming up next though, we have probably our most experienced player on this entire list, uh, at least defensive line-wise. Coming up next. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. We're back at it with more requests. This is our last one for today. We got Lance McLean, the 6'3", 230-pound defensive end from Terry High School in Rosenberg, Texas. He just committed to Eastern New Mexico University, a D2. So congrats to him. Um, before I get into Lance McLean's breakdown and all of that great stuff i think it's really important to talk about his story here because i feel like his story really kind of defines what kind of football player he is on the field and off the field but you know with most of these breakdowns we usually do a social media uh look through just looking at you know offers kind of trying to get a good gauge for their story here lance mcclain he posted this on twitter i believe um but I want to say this year, actually, he posted that 10 years ago, he was diagnosed with cancer. Obviously, he beat it. He's doing his thing now. He's a D2 player, and he's rocking, you know, and uh, it shows that he has a very good hold and value on his life, which sounds like, you know, super cheesy and all that, but, you know, these kind of kiddos that go through stuff like this go through character building moments, and that's not to discredit cancer at all. I Trust me, I totally understand, you know, that whole battle with cancer and whatnot. My own father had it, and so I know that it's a tough thing to go through and to beat, you know. But back to the point I was going to say, you know, these kind of fighters are the same type of dudes who are going to be fighters for you, as in coaches, on the football field, off the football field, and they're going to be leaders. And Lance McClain here seems like that leader or seemed to be that leader for this Terry High School defense. He did win Terry defensive MVP. Just throwing that out there. 
all of that being said, I have a lot of respect for Lance McClain here. Love his story. And, you know, before I even jump into his breakdown, I'd love to get to know his story and have him here on the podcast for an interview. So, Lance, if you're listening to this, this is your invitation. Uh, well, to be honest with you, if you're on any of these episodes, that's kind of your automatic invitation, unless you're a middle schooler or younger. But, you know, this is your official invitation. I'd love to have you on the podcast, talk about your story here a little bit more here. Get your voice, really. But let's go ahead and talk about some football here because Lance McClain is a fantastic football player. So the last two guys we talked about were guys who, you know, had some good qualities here and there, flashed really good qualities in their one year of play. You know, Lance here obviously is a more experienced football player and it shows. Uh, you know, he has a he has excellent hands. I think that's the first thing that really stood out to me. Excellent hands does a good job of fighting continuously to get us, you know, to just get separation from the blockers. And he has great hand fighting ability, specifically. Saw a lot of good stuff there, has quick hands there. Uh, obviously, he has a couple good pass rushing moves if he has great hands in his arsenal, including a little bit of a spin move. Not as good as Antoine Bayless, I would say, but it's there. In addition, he has excellent height and weight at 6'3, 230. Looks very comfortable and explosive running around at that weight. That's something that uh, a couple of these other guys could take some notes of. Well, I, I guess it really doesn't matter because it's different for everyone. But for Lance McClain, he looks very good and comfortable just running around at that 6'3", 230 type of frame. Uh, in fact, I think he actually put on almost 20 or so pounds um, between his junior year and senior year. So he was one of those guys that really took advantage of this pandemic, really put in some work into himself, and it showed. Love to see that. Always always love to see that but anyways he's just very comfortable running around at his weight uh he is a strong enough player who can break you know double teams and take on tackles offensive tackles that is straight up uh, i believe lance mcclain is listed as a defensive end but he could probably easily play a linebacker i don't have any doubt there like i said good blend of speed and strength right now he could play either way and you know um that's actually a strength being able to play linebacker defensive lineman having that ability to potentially play linebacker and defensive lineman like i said uh versatilities is always a good thing trust me it always is and lance mcclain he's the ultimate prospect in my opinion has a lot of versatility there so you could really move him to either one and he could be successful at either one at least in my opinion another thing i like has a high football iq you could tell he's very confident in his football decisions, makes a lot of smart football plays. Love to see that. And then, like I said, he's a fighter. You know, may not be the most gifted athlete uh, per se, but he comes ready to fight and will be a tone setter. He's a tough hitter and all that. And just at the end of the day, he's really not afraid to get into the mess of things and just battle his way out of tough situations. Like I said, you know, he has that life experience before, but it really does show on the football field. You know, he's just a very passionate guy, and you just see him battling. You know, even when he's in tough positions where he's not exactly getting leverage or whatnot, he's always moving. He's always, like, going and whatnot, and he's always ready to go. That's the thing. Um, no matter how the play turns out, he's always ready to go, always trying to get there. And, you know, that's something that it's just an intangible. You really can't teach that per se. At least not, not naturally like this. So there you go. Other things that I'd like to see him improve on though. Some things that I feel like is kind of holding him back. <sighs> and I hate to say this just in general. But he's 
just not as naturally gifted athletically as some other players in the state of Texas or in the country, you know, um, and that's not a bad thing. Obviously, he's good enough to play on the next level. That's not a doubt. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying from an exceptional standpoint, from like an exceptionally athletic, naturally gifted like standpoint, I just don't think, you know, he is overly like impressive speed wise or strength wise. You know, he does get stood up at times despite getting leverage. That's just a strength thing in my opinion. So his pure power is a little bit of concerns. Uh, he does flash times. He could fight through double teams. But on the next level, I do question that strength specifically, I would say. He's fast enough and strong enough where it really didn't show up as a problem uh, in high school. But I think moving forward, I'd just like to see him get stronger. You know, just straight up, just get more powerful, get stronger, be able to take up some of those big boys on that next level. That's uh, probably my biggest concern there. Next concern is that there just wasn't any pass coverage film. <sighs> Would have loved to see him go one-on-one -on -one with a tight end or maybe even some running backs, see how he holds up as a pass coverage guy. But, you know, I really didn't see a lot of that, uh, considering he was mostly used as a defensive end, outside linebacker, like, just rush the quarterback type of guy so would like to see him uh do a little bit more of that or become a little bit more proficient at that for all i know he's been working on it he's been good at it but i just didn't see it so uh, i feel like i kind of got a ding him on that but either way though i think he's a great prospect he's a, probably somebody that you'd love to have in your locker room not even gonna lie he seems like a really nice guy a fun guy at that uh and he can be a leader on this defense potentially even from day one you know potentially even from day one so looking forward to see how well lance mcclain does in college i'm just going to go ahead and assume that he's going to succeed both academically and on the field for sure once again you know we're extending out an interview offer uh not only to him but to everyone else on this list we'd love to interview you um but you know lance mcclain for sure if you are free we'd love to do it Anyways, I'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner podcast. Like I said, from here on out, we're going to be doing a lot of senior stuff uh, for the boys and for the girls. No worries there. But we're going to try to get a lot of senior stuff out there between breakdowns, interviews, all that great stuff. And remember, if you want to request a player, even though we are prioritizing seniors class of 21s as of right now, uh, make sure you do leave their name, position they play, what school town they're from and then leave a link to their film at least three minutes two minutes maybe at the minimum um but that's kind of what we're looking for there so yeah have a great day we'll catch you on wednesday